And we are back. I did the wind up. I even did like a pullback. I was like, ah, all right. It's a visual for this audio podcast. (laughs) Oh, man. Megan and Harry sitting in a tree. L-E-A-V-I-N-G, the royal ship. Uh Um, Good. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Did you think about that while you were pooping? I did. I thought all about it. It's going to be great. Everything is awesome. This is going to be a hot button episode. I wish we could release it uh, earlier than we than we do, but we had our 100th episode, which go take a listen to that. It is great. Featuring a rumble, BuzzFeed, a ranking, and Gabe's giant wiener being amazing. All the classics. <laughs> All the classics wrapped up in one little bow. Everything you've come to know and love. Yes, indeed. Um, Kelki... Hey, friend. Hey, dude. Hey, dudette. Hey, Kelki. What's up? Um, not much. I have, um, I was, this is relevant to nothing, but the memory came to me today because I had to go to Aldi and do some grocery shopping and I had to buy mayonnaise. And then I also got pizza for dinner, um, from Marco's. And it just reminded me of this one time when Carmen was at my house and we had leftover pizza and he was like, can I have some leftover pizza? And I was like, yes. So I made him some. And then he was like, do you have ranch to dip it in? And I was, all I had was like fat free ranch, which I had not bought. I don't know why it was here, but it was here. And he was like, well, I don't want that, but I have to dip this pizza in something. So he put a pile of mayonnaise on his plate and dipped the pizza in it. And I love mayonnaise, but that, was disgusting. And I think about it every time I look at mayonnaise. I'm like, remember how Carmen's a fucking psychopath? I understand how that's better than fat free ranch. Thank you. It's not better. Okay. First off, if you have, for, in a perfect world, I have ranch for my Marcos. First off. Second off, if I have mayonnaise, I also have hot sauce. But your vanilla ass house only had mayonnaise and fat free ranch and no hot sauce. I what am I? What's a man got to do? I always have hot sauce. Oh, yeah, what kind I of hot sauce? Uh, Frank's. That's not true, because if you had Frank's, I would have used Frank's and mayonnaise, and I would have mixed it together and made a little bit of hot special sauce. I had Frank's. It pro- you probably just didn't know where it was. No, that's I not true. Because I keep it with my spices for cooking purposes. In the pantry? Yeah. Like a serial killer? Frank's okay. goes, once it's opened, it needs to it be refrigerated. Open, Maybe plus I get those open. little ones, and then I just use them while I'm cooking. Oh, okay, well... Anyways, was your pizza good though? Yeah, it was really good. Was your okay good? Also, Um, one other time, Carmen needed mayonnaise for something, and I had Miracle Whip, and he was like, "That's disgusting," and I was like, "No, it's not. It's really good." Yeah, Miracle Whip's better than mayonnaise. Miracle Whip? No, it is not. What is wrong with you people? (laughs) You dip pizza in mayonnaise. You you don't get to pass judgment. I'm gonna just two people sent pictures of pizza either today or yesterday. I don't know what it was. It was both yesterday. Which, both of which didn't look like great pizza. <laughs> gonna say it. Yeah. Well, there was. I sent a picture of Pequod's pizza, which I was very much enjoying. It's, yours and then Ryan, like it looked like it maybe started out as pizza, but by the time your piece got to play, it just looked like a mess, like a pasta mess. <laughs> no, nope, 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 nope. In in the picture's defense, though, I did drive an hour from the city back home. <laughs> and I did. Sounds okay. So, there we go. Um, but it was still delicious. It was still hot. It was still cooking. It was good. But then Ryan sent a picture of pizza, and I don't know where that pizza was from, but it did not look better than my Pequod's pizza. It did look good. It looked good. Yeah. But all here's the thing that people don't understand about me: all pizza's fucking good. Well, Chicago pizza is just better than New York pizza. I'm getting to do this. <laughs> Gabe, hey dude. We have real hey, things dude. to talk about. <laughs> hey, hey, Gabe. Hey, dude. What's up, man? Um, let's see. I've had the uh, orange juice song stuck in my head for a week. I remember the words finally. It was there was no room for the coffee. I don't know what I will do. There is no room for the coffee. I guess I'll just drink this orange juice. <laughs> I'm glad you sat with that long enough to yeah. figure out what it was. I figured it out pretty quick. It was just uh, I had to remember to bring it up. I also have pretty much reached my original hair goal which was a sprout i can make a little baby sprout right now do you like a handsome handsome i man. can't not like a i'm not like a proud one but like uh hold on uh, uh. 
I mean, I'm not asking, I'm not questioning if you can. I'm asking, why is that your goal? Are you actually doing it? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think so. Okay. I think I'll do it like when it's not like barely a sprout. Yeah. When it's like a clear sprout. I don't want to be one of those people that's like, has a uh, man bun, but it's just like, (laughs) you could tell that's what they wanted. So, no, I'll, I'll try it maybe. The goal Carmen, is. What are you drinking? I think he's still drinking a rum and coke. Why? Or coke is so gross. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Coke is so gross. This podcast is brought to you by Malibu Coke and the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't like any of those things. Well, you're wrong. Well, I don't all right. dislike coke. But I'm indifferent on the on the Blackhawks. I I, I actively um, do not care for coke. Because I like Diet Coke. And let me say, I like Coke, the company. I do not like a regular Coca-Cola for a beverage. And I I don't love rum. I'm just a vodka person. Coke is just way better than Pepsi in every sense. Pepsi is never okay. So Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, Gabe. Coke is just the superior drink in in all ways to Pepsi. I went to Universal with Lauren once, and then I'll pass Hey Dude, What's Up on to Carmen. Um, which Universal was Lauren once, and my friend Megan was there. And then there was a whole debacle at one of the restaurants where it was just the worst experience of our life. <laughs> and like food wasn't getting to the table, drinks were getting to the table. Like food was getting there before drinks. It was just a hot mess. And then, and then eventually, like people would come to the table and say, "It's this your table," and we kept having to say no. And so like there was like eight people in our party, we'll say. And then you know, so the joke is how terrible this experience is up until this point. And then the guy with the train of drinks comes and gives off give or the guy with the food comes and gives half the party their food. And then one of the people in the party goes, Can I just get a Coke, please? And then my friend Megan leans over to me and goes, What if he said, Is Pepsi okay? And just like <laughs> <laughs> really just dug the knife into the whole experience. Solve the wound. So that's it. Hey Carmen, what's up? Oh, oh man. So I had a I had a guy come to work today. And he was like, what's, what's, have we, has a society come up with the male version of a Karen yet? Or are we not at that point? Have we not progressed that much as a society? Mm. Chad. I, yes, the internet says it's <laughs> Chad. But I, all right, from my experiences, have had multiple interactions with older gentlemen named Joe, and they were all terrible. I, so. okay, well, if I'm going to go ahead and, and say, well, because I have Chads that I love, and I have Joes that I love, so... I'll just say it was a it was a Chad Joe. Do you Cotton. have a Paul that you love? It can be Paul. No one knows a well, Paul. Paul McCartney. Yeah, but you don't him know our, him. We're best friends. You don't know him. Um. Okay. Well, you we'll call. We'll, I got a name. I've never met a Kyle that I like. <laughs> I don't know that I could think of a Kyle off the top of my head that I enjoy. I can tell you one I really hate. Oh, I think we can agree on Kyle then. All right, so Kyle. So this Kyle comes up. <laughs> Kyle and Karen. It goes well. Okay. Kyle and Karen. It's really good alliteration, and they would make the worst couple. Um, they would embarrass their kids at all social gatherings. Um, so Kyle walks up to me, and he goes, Hey, man, the, the lines are out of control. People are backed up to the middle of your store. And... Oh, okay. I get it. Um, so I, I'm like, okay, well, sir, you know, we have the amount of registers open that the Illinois center of disease control allows. And the guy's like, oh yeah, well, if I go to Costco and I told the people to open up lines, they open up lines. And I was like, sir, I would invite you to go to Costco. Then they sound like wonderful people. And, (laughs) and he goes, Oh, look, I'm not trying to be mad. You guys are probably going to walk away and go, that stupid fat guy was just being a jerk and complaining. And in my head, I'm going, yeah, that fat guy named Kyle, who now is, that's Kyle now. Um, but, like, I just, you know, if if you want to go grocery shopping in any place in the middle of the day, don't. Just don't. Go 10 minutes before they close. Get all of your shopping done in 10 minutes. Leave the store better than you found it. Be nice to those people closing and pay with a debit card or credit card. Do not pay cash. In and out. Or so many places have online order curbside deliveries that, that you can true. do now. 
Like, you don't even need to walk into a store. If you hate lines, just don't even come in the store. Like, I don't get it. Don't leave your house. Get it delivered. Amazon. Just go to Amazon. Here's what I'm going to say real quick. I've been, like, counting my pennies the last couple of months. It's been, like, my my New Year's resolution is to be more proactive when it comes to finances. And aware of your pennies. Yeah. And so, like, I hate Walmart, like, a lot. Same. Like, it's a miserable experience every time I go. (laughs) However... I win. It's so much cheaper. It's uh, it's heartbreaking <laughs> how affordable getting. it is to shop at Walmart. <laughs> That's where I'm getting to. I went there and I said, you know, like I'm gonna get some. Food. I'm gonna get the groceries I need, and if it's under this amount of dollars, I think I said sixty. Because usually when I go into Publix for a week for like a week trip, it's like sixty bucks for just me, and that usually gets me through like nine days at, at the most. And so I go in the Walmart and I get like my week's worth of stuff and i think okay well if this is under six if this is under yeah i think i said if it's at 50 because i usually spend 60 at Publix, then the 10 dollar fee of inconvenience might be worth it to come to walmart and then i get to the checkout and it was fucking 40 dollars <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i was like oh my god yeah it's 20 bucks a week yeah the brand of diapers we use for scarlet is only sold at walmart and i'm like uh, and then i go in and i see all the other stuff that i normally buy and then so much cheaper i'm like nah yeah. but i like i i i am more inclined to shop at walmart now that i do not have to go into walmart i will say the curbside pickup is nice but i can never get it same day so like if i need yeah. something that day i have to go in or go to a different store do they charge any fees or anything for curbside? No, not for the just oh. for if you do like Walmart Plus, which has the delivery. But if you just do like uh, or order ahead or curbside, it's just like I'm I'm sure same day pickups exist. I'm just not getting on them early enough to get the same yeah, day spots. That, I didn't know that it was just the same. I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah, Fuck it's nice to not have to go in. Plus, you're probably not like seeing random stuff and going, "Oh, I need that." Yeah, yeah. I will say the one thing that I almost exclusively buy from Walmart or or Sam's Club is chicken. Like chicken, like like full breasts of chicken are just the cheapest at Walmart. Um, but I, I don't want to go to Walmart for like a steak or seafood. Um, but chicken, I, it's it's hard to mess up. And as long as you're you're cooking chicken the right way, you're not going to get any kind of diseases. Um, like as long as you're cooking it all the way through. But you could get like a whole that yellow like foam tray of chicken where it's like mm-hmm. twenty breasts for like three dollars and eighty cents. Yeah, um, it's not actually that cheap, but it's also, you, know, if you can never make your way to any sort of Spanish supermarket. The meats are always like half a cent a pound. It's ridiculous. oh yeah, and they usually have them pre seasoned, which I I thoroughly enjoy. Thoroughly. That's so, nice. on the topic of meat. Let's talk about that hot, smoking, meaty couple, <laughs> Harry and Megan. That was a horrendous transition. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Speaking of meat, um, humans are made of meat. Okay, how about <laughs> at our at our uh, thirteen minute mark? What are we going to tell them to do, Carmen? Oh, we're going to tell everyone to keep on listening because here comes the content, that hot, stanky content. And also give us a five-star review wherever you listen. Like, subscribe, tell your friends at Dude Thoughts Pod, at Jim Leader Gabe, at Chaotically Kelky, at Carmen.Gabriel.Official. That's the hot fuzz. Kelky, tell everyone what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about Megan and Harry and Oprah and a little bit the royal family, but... I was, I really, this, I've always had a fascination with the royal family and the monarchy in general because, like, we don't have anything like that here. And then I've always specifically really loved Diana. And um, this really made me want to delve more into it. And people are like, oh, you should watch The Crown, but The Crown is dramatized. So it's not the most, I think earlier seasons, to my understanding, the earlier seasons are more accurate. And then the later, seasons as they get like more close to recent times they're kind of taking a little more creative liberty but it's kind of at the same time like they're releasing it and then the the palace is saying like we hate this it's not true so then it's like well maybe it is true and that's why they hate it so i don't know i haven't watched the crown but michael um was telling me because we just uh signed up for paramount plus 
the new streaming right. service. The Office. Um, and he was there's a Smithsonian like category, and there's a bunch of Smithsonian documentaries on there, and one of them is about the the royal family. So I'm definitely actually gonna have to check that out for sure. But also, I was annoyed because we signed up for Paramount Plus, and then this inter- and we signed up for the one where you don't have commercials because we're like splitting it with us and my sister. Because we had to get it because all of the seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race are on it. So we like needed to have that so we could watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Naturally, um, yeah. And then all the Nickelodeon shows, like Michael got really excited because Invader Zim is there and it's like nowhere else. So they got the one with no commercials. But then I went to go watch this interview and it's not on Paramount+. Plus. I had to watch it on CBS.com with all the stupid ass interviews. <laughs> it's like 35 minutes longer. And it's of course well, it's the same as Hulu where they play the same four commercials over and over again. Yeah, CBS yeah. apps are. There's one about T-Mobile. There's one about the scoop. There it is, Geico people. Yeah, these were, these were like all for their new, like the content on the app. So it's like all these like Paramount Plus Paramount original Plus, yeah. contents, and then like other like the daytime soaps that are on CBS. And I was like, if I have to listen to these people say it's a night. That we'll never forget one more time. <laughs> I've I've listened to that Geico commercial so much though that it's it, it literally is stuck in my head. Dough. Yeah, French vanilla, Rocky Road, <laughs> chocolate peanut butter cookie dough, scoop, and then the lady's like doing like the, you know, she's like a little dance in the side. Yeah, she's got it. She's got moves. It is catchy. Hot mom. I like it. Um, so let's talk about hashtag Megxit. Um, the the catchiest of all. Brexit spinoffs. Um, so Jess and I were watching it last night. The biggest, the biggest takeaway. I think we should start with uh, a, a softball topic, um, and go right to the racism thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so dive right on it. Yeah, let's dive right on in. So for anyone out there who has not seen the interview, um. We we would recommend going and watching it. Um, you can watch it on there, CBS.com, but there are, in fact, <laughs> commercials. But it's free. You don't have to pay yeah. for it. It's just on there. The The scene that we're talking about, though, specifically, we could talk about this uh, a little bit just to kick things off. So Megan tells Oprah that some of the initial conversations... When she's first pregnant. When she's Archie, first pregnant. Who's now with, almost two. Yes. Um, is one that the baby's not going to have the protection of the royal family. And then she went in a little bit more depth of a detail of what, like, that was a very vague thing. Like, the word protection was just kind of getting thrown around yeah. willy-nilly. Um, but then she wouldn't say who this came from, but the question of how dark of skin will this baby have became a topic of concern for the royal family. And on a scale of one to ten, that's about a hundred on the fucked up scale, right? So let's start there. Let's talk about that. Where do we go from here? Well, I think what Megan makes a point to say this like early on in the interview. There's like the royal family that we know that's like the Queen, Charles, William, Kate, like that, like that's the royal family. And then there's the institution slash the firm, which are it's it's still like I looked into it because I was very confused as to who these people are. I was like, is this like a PR firm? Like, is this a third party? It's basically still people who are in the Royal family, like, but extended family members, but to work and like get the Royal family money that are just so much money is like, they have to work and be involved. So that's like what they do. And a lot of it is like, PR related and like press related and just kind of controlling the image. And but they have a human resources department, yeah. which is the craziest thing to me. Yeah. And it's probably also family members. I mean, I don't know that that's just from like, it just is like this very like tangled web of family and work and, and monarchy and tradition and law. And it's like, so it's very, it seems very convoluted. But, like, I think it's important to to note that she, like, goes out of her way to be, like, the queen never, like, said or did anything negative to me. And she was always so kind. So, like, I don't think it's fair to be, like, the queen is plotting X, Y, and Z against anybody because it, it does seem like it's not really her. And, I mean, they just, 
they they both speak very fondly of her and like very respectfully and i think it's important to note that like there is definitely like a sense of respect for the monarchy that i don't really think we can understand because we don't have anything like it so like you can be respectful and like appreciate traditions and stuff but i think there's just like the culture in England and probably other places where there's monarchy because there's still monarchy in like a good amount of places. And even though it's not an absolute monarchy, like they basically have no power. It's all just like money and tradition, but there's still like a really um, strong, profound respect and loyalty to it throughout like most of the UK. I feel like even if people maybe don't particularly care for them, they were, they're still super respectful and that runs really deep. And I think, that she tries really hard to make it a point to be like, there's the institution and there's the Royal family. And while they're tied, they're not the same thing. So it's not to say that like the queen rolled in and was like, your baby's going to look too dark for my liking, but it's like someone in the Royal family or in the institution had the nerve to say that (laughs) to Prince Harry. And then was like, like, what are you going to do about it? It's a baby. (laughs) Right, an unborn baby. And she was saying um, they were going to go change. It was not a law. I don't remember what she called it. Like a conference. Was it a conference? But it was. she was talking about a law, but she kept like using the word conference. It was like something like that. Yeah, I like, can't remember the exact word that she was yeah, using, she was but like, it, it wasn't the, law. It's the George whatever, whatever. And they're going to change it so that specifically so that when Archie's born, he, he doesn't get the title of prince and he doesn't get security. Yeah, it was an interesting it was an interesting thing because one, um, you know, Jessica and I are are both white, but I would imagine that if we had a racist family member and I was I was married to or expecting a child with someone who was black, Mexican, Asian, Native American, any of these races, right? That like I I can't even imagine what I would feel in that moment um just because that that level of racism or i shouldn't even say racism because it's i don't know because she also didn't say out outright she didn't say the word racism right you know that was a word that oprah had put out there and megan was kind of like she she said that is what someone could be led to believe, especially yeah. if you're getting that conclusion, right? So, Her and Harry use the term race a lot, but neither of them really say racism at all. They say race or like racially charged, but they don't they don't say say racism explicitly. But like, so Gabe, you're you're someone of Hispanic descent, and let's say for sake of argument, you and Alyssa are married. And one of a person of her family comes up to you and you're having a kid and they start talking about the kid and and the, the color of their, their unborn baby's skin. Like what would go, be going through your head? Um, I don't know. <clears throat> I'd probably ignore it and deal with you're it a better later. man than I am. <laughs> it's, it's hard too, because they say basically no one says this to Megan, right there. She's finding yeah. out about it because these people are saying it to Harry about, her or about the baby or whatever and then he's having to go back and be like just so you know shit's probably going to hit the fan later because my family members are talking to me about the the color of our child's skin so like prepare for that i mean he wasn't obviously he was like he i feel like you can really tell in the interview how protective he is and like even though he's soft-spoken he's very like firm and he like says things and he's like this is like how I feel. And there's like, this is what we're doing. And like, this is, there's no other option. Like I'm going to do what's best for my family. And like, it's just, it's so interesting to me. I think it's, it's really speaks to like the, the way he's raised and like the institution he's raised in is like, it's so like prim and proper, but like to the nth degree, obviously we could, we could never imagine what it's like to be raised in a Royal family. And like, you can't even freaking sneeze without like, Someone Shoot, we washed paper your plates. <laughs> Watch what? I said we washed paper plates. <laughs> yeah, truthfully. <laughs> and um yeah, I think it's just like crazy because yes, people are like, oh, it's a fairy tale because you're a prince and a princess, but I feel like we don't we have the, the reality of what that means is unfathomable to us as the 
the common folk. And I think that's really what Megan talks about um, is like not like you kind of have a idea of what you think your reality is going to be. And then to go live in this reality that is absolutely nothing like what you're used to or what you thought you were getting into is like such a transition as obviously like, I think she would have faced a certain amount of backlash just being an American anyways, just because like, I I mean, I could be wrong, but I just feel like the tabloids would have had shit to say about that regardless of her race um, or her background, just because, you know, it's like, Whoa, whatever. And then, but like, and she's come, she came from, from an acting standpoint and, you know, yes, she wasn't like, like super duper famous where everyone would recognize her on the street, but she, um, you know, she had a successful acting career before she met him and she definitely would have been recognized by some people. Like so she knew what it was like to be somewhat in the spotlight, but I, I get the feeling she didn't really know. I mean, it's basically like you can't do anything without thinking about it first and about like asking another human being if it's okay for you to like make a phone call or like leave your home. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about things aren't always what they seem, right? And even when... So for the interview, they had it where it was Oprah and Megan alone. Yes. And then there wasn't... I thought they were going to do maybe a a three-section interview where it was Oprah, Megan, Oprah, Harry, and then Oprah, Megan, and Harry together. But they just did... Um, a section of just Oprah and Megan and then Oprah with Harry and Megan together. So two and then three. Harry and did just do James Corden by himself the other week, though. So they oh, might be okay. like... On I have not... I, I didn't watch that. Either. It seemed to me to be more lighthearted than this one was. Yeah. But he did do that. But there was this... Another point in, in the interview where... And also, I didn't love some of the way that Oprah kind of seemed that she was being a little bit of an, uh, an aggressive interviewer towards Harry. Um, at, at one point when he was talking about how he was trapped and he didn't know he was trapped. Yeah. And, and hope, Oprah, Oprah, (laughs) Oprah had, had, had pushed and said, you were given life on a silver platter, essentially. How could, how possibly could you have been trapped? And Harry brings up a really good point of, you can be trapped and not know it. Um, and that's one of the things that I think is a little bit ugly about the tabloids right now is people are spinning that of saying, oh, Megan ruined Prince Harry. No, I think that with, with all things, when you're adding perspectives, when you're adding, they had like that scene in uh, How I Met Your Mother. He had that glass shattering moment. <laughs> And it just happened instead of it being a girl, instead of it being the girl that Ted was dating, who never stopped talking. uh, Yeah, uh, it was the the facade of the royals. Right. So it's just an interesting thing to think about if if they're willing to go on record and say things aren't always what they appear. What else isn't what they appear? Right. It's there's this deep dive that you can do. And. The issue is we'll never get the real truth. Yeah. They're, each side will have their own point of view. And then somewhere in the middle of both of those is the truth. Somewhere. Yeah. There's like, it's, there's three sides to every story, your side, my side and the truth. And I think that I, and I'm not like, I'm not saying I, oh, I won't, I don't believe anything here. And I'm Megan and say like, but I, I believe, you know, things always, you always have a bias when you're presenting a story of even if it, that is how it happened to you, the way you present it, like can just come off different ways. But, um, I, I do, I, I don't think that there's really motivation for them to lie. They, they did not get paid for this interview. Oprah got paid like $7 million, but (laughs) Harry and Megan did not get paid at all. Um, luckily Diana left Harry money separate from the palace. So when his family cut him off last year, they were still able to have security to to keep the the three of them safe. Um, also, speaking of security, sorry yeah. to cut you off there. Okay. Shout out Tyler Perry for yes. giving them a place. Like, okay, so if you haven't watched the interview, Tyler Perry, the Medea, uh, <laughs> gave them up. Like, he's like, hey, come stay at my place. Like, 
hey, royal people, I got a house. You want to just come stay with me? Yeah, so um, basically, like, COVID hit when they were in Canada, and they were like, we're going to take time away. But they hadn't officially said, like, we're done. They were like, we're just going to take time away from being seniored members and just do... Um, like we're going to visit more like the Commonwealth and Canada and like uh, Australia and New Zealand and all this. And then COVID hit and like right around this time, all the stuff broke about like title change and status change and like they're not going to have security and everyone in the world knows where they are and now knows that they're there without security. So like if someone did want to go and hurt any of them or like kidnap that baby and hold him for ransom, like they would be able to do it because the royal family or rather the institution has given no thought process to how this actually affects these human beings. But Tyler Perry said, not on my watch. You can come stay with me in my, my house with my security (laughs) (laughs) because he's a dope, dope fellow. (laughs) He's also like one of the like richest men in Hollywood. Like he's, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure like a couple um, years ago he was the richest man in Hollywood cuz he writes and produces and acts in like almost everything he does. Well that and Side the by. uh his his movies are like Adam Sandler's where they're very low budget. Yes. Like they're just in a neighborhood. <laughs> like yeah. no no just witches like in fighting his in the sky. He probably owns all those houses cuz he's so rich. <laughs> what's okay? What's what's our favorite Tyler Perry movie? I don't like Tyler Perry movies. I no? really like Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I gotta, I gotta pull he up. He was in the IMDb second there. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> <laughs> that one was fine. That one was fine. <laughs> I just don't uh, find him funny. I yeah, think he's talented, but he's just not my favorite. I don't love the trope of like I'm a man dressed like a woman. Oh, Look at these either. giant boobs hanging down to my But I do really like Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I didn't I'm pulling up his entire what, IMDb page right now. Who was it? Eddie Murphy that did the one where he was like 16 people yeah. in one movie. Yeah. I did not care for that. <laughs> and how uh, far back? I, I also don't love Mrs. Doubtfire, which is I don't a either. hot take. But I'm like, it's not. I don't. You're obviously I, not. I have not seen Mrs. Doubtfire, but I the scenes Over that it. I have seen, I really enjoy. Um, I feel like I haven't seen many of the movies that Tyler Perry has done, done other than it's, it's a lot of movies. It's so much. And and Gabe, now that I'm looking at the IMD page, you're completely right. It's the Adam Sandler. Um, he, he's the Adam Sandler of comedy as well. Didn't Adam Sandler also do a movie where he dressed up like 16 characters? Yes. There's also a funny SNL skit about that, which is funny. I don't love Adam Sandler. I don't either. I I like like Adam Sandler. As a comedian, I think he's really funny. But as an actor, I don't, I'm not super into it. Yeah, a lot of his stuff is just like unwatchable for me. You love that Hanukkah song, though. I mean, you can't go wrong yes, with that. Of course. He has his bits. Um, I, I was watching an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine the other day where Adam Sandler shows up at a an, antique auction, which I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, so, okay. The Medea movies, I guess, are are okay. Um, but I didn't realize that it's just so oversaturated. But I guess that makes yeah, they sense. They just make a lot of low budget stuff and I mean, they make they're, money because they're so low like budget. Them. People like the yes. character, so they keep going mm-hmm. back for it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Back to the royal stuff. Um, there was another. There was another part to the the interview where they they talked about mental health and mental illness, which I thought was very brave. Um, essentially it was a, it was a part of the interview where Megan had opened up to Harry basically saying, I, I'm having these thoughts. They're very clear. Um, they're methodical and they're real. Like I have given this serious thought and she reached out to the human resources department of no, the first Royal. She talked to the firm, the firm. Well, right, right, right. So, so and, she talked yeah. to. Yeah, she talked to the human resources the people, firm. the unnamed firm, and they were like, sorry, you're not covered under this insurance or something like that. No, they you were can't... like, it would look bad if we got you mm-hmm. mental health. It would look bad. So we're not yeah. going to do it. And then she goes to HR and they're like, we see that you need it, but you're not technically an employee, so we can't give it to you. Right. Which slap in the fucking face. Why don't you? It's just like Um, my thing is I'm like, oh, yeah, it doesn't look bad if we have to get you mental help. How does it look if she kills herself? Yeah, that doesn't look good either. (laughs) Also, do you prioritize an actual human being over how it looks like where's the line that you're going to draw? 
well, that was it. They drew the yeah, line they and they didn't do it. Pretty fine line there. But I mean, is there, you know, if the queen was like, I need mental help, would they get someone for her? Or would they be like, oh, that doesn't look good? Like where, like at, at what point, who is it that you're actually going to help anybody? Like, what is your job? Cause it doesn't seem like you're helping anyone. You're hurting everyone and you're helping perpetuate this image that doesn't even exist because the image that you're promoting is not anywhere near the reality. So like, what are you doing? And, you know, we take in all these tabloids and headlines and we assume that there's some amount of truth to them. And maybe we, I mean, here it's, it's, I guess a little easier because you kind of know like which tabloids are the, the dumbest, like the New York, is it the examiner that's like chihuahuas from aliens or space living in the sewer pipes. And you're like, okay, that's, I think you're thinking of Fox news. (laughs) So you see that and you're like, okay, I can suss out that that's like, there's no ounce of truth in that. And then like People Magazine, while still a tabloid, they get a lot of exclusive interviews with celebrities. So you're like, okay, that's coming directly from the source. So there's a little more validity to it. So here there's like a scale and maybe there's also a scale in the UK. And we just like, I like, I wouldn't know that because I don't live there. I don't take it all in. But when you're seeing all these tabloids and they all have like the exact same headlines, you're like, okay, well, like maybe that happened. Right. So like with when Archie was born and they didn't do the traditional picture out in front of the hospital of her, like standing there with the baby, which has always been psychotic to me because it's literally like less than 24 hours after the woman gives birth. (laughs) They're like parade your child out into, into the world so that people can take a picture of you, which let me tell you, that's not what you want to do right after you give birth. And you've done it. So you would know. Not even for the, just the picture. I mean like standing, you don't want to stand after you give birth. So you just like definitely don't want to put on a dress and makeup and go get your picture taken. You still but, got placenta dripping out from underneath well, the dress. Like, it's just, I can't, I mean, the freaking epidural probably isn't even worn off yet. And they're like, just don't tip over. Um, well, the other, so the other half of that story is that they, so she, she tells Harry, this is what's going on. And then he, he's like, okay, I can't leave you alone. Yeah. And then. She she does I think correct me if I'm wrong Kelky she checks herself in, into an institution correct no she did not she wanted to I thought they, that she she ended up doing that though no I maybe I misunderstood that part of the interview I thought that she said that she did decide to check herself in somewhere well that's what she had want I mean that's what Oprah had asked she was like oh like were you asking for help like there where you like, did you ever just think about going and checking yourself in? And she was like, yeah, that's what I wanted to do, but I can't call an Uber to the palace to get myself taken to the hospital. <laughs> Cause she would, that's when she was saying like, she had no, like she didn't have car keys. She didn't have a driver's license. She didn't have a passport. She didn't have access to like anything. Like these people hold her entire like life in their hands and like controlling them. So she went to Harry And that was, and then there was the, like the next day they had to go to this like very formal event. And Harry was like, maybe you should stay home. And she said, I can't be alone because I'm afraid of what I'll do if I'm alone. So they had gone to this event, right? And like the pictures we see there, they both look great. They look so happy. They're smiling. They're shaking hands. They're, they're doing their job. What we don't know is like less than 24 hours prior, she's like sobbing, telling him that she is suicidal. And no one will help her. And they're like, also, in addition to not helping you, we're also going to like make you continue to go out and pretend like everything's fine. So we're going to not help you and also make it worse. <laughs> some Britney Spears vibes. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah. It's there's for sure. There's for sure some Britney Spears It's like they, they, the firm is like the, the conservator of the entire royal family. Yeah. And so how old is the queen? She's 93. 94. 94. At this point, I'm convinced the queen is like the school hamster that the teacher just keeps replacing. <laughs> every time the queen <laughs> Impressive. I mean, because it's not Man. like she's great. She looks, she's the same. She's looked the same forever. You know what? Yeah. Ma- Maggie Smith, is that her name? The actress that was in Harry yeah. Potter who's been yeah. old forever. That's what the queen's like. The queen, because it's not like, oh, she's 93, but you never see her. Like, she's still out and doing events all the time. And she's always in, like, her little outfits and her hat. And she's, like, always looking fine. And she's, like, having a good time. And she's bebopping. She's smiling. She's laughing. Like, she's fine. Obviously, that's the reality we're presented. 
the firm yeah, could be holding true. her up by strings. We don't know. Weekend, <laughs> yeah, she, weekend at the palace. <laughs> yeah, it could be. She could be weekend at Bernieing around the entire Literally, palace, like at all it, times. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like I also feel like a lot of negative things about Charles after this interview, which is Harry and William's dad. Yeah, and he husband. said it at one point that he stopped taking Harry's calls. Yeah, when they were when they not even when they had left all the way, but when they had just stepped back. And he was just like, kind of, he was one of the ones, cause he, Harry said he was talking to the dad and the grandmother a lot. And like, there was a lot of communication. Everyone knew what was happening. They told them what the statement they were making was. They told them when they were going to release the statement. They like wrote it. Yes, Carmen. I was just going to say this, the, the question specifically that this came after was Oprah asking if the tabloid was true that they blindsided the queen yes. by stepping down. Right. So there was a, so much communication, like everyone knew it was coming, but of course it comes and, and the, the, you know, the, the institution released their own statement that was like, the queen said, yes, I would have preferred it if they had stayed full time, but this is what they have to do. And that's what they're going to have to do. That's fine. And then the tabloids just say, they blindsided the queen and then Oprah asks, like, how did they get that story? And they're saying there's someone in the institution specifically that they think is the one that's giving the tabloids these, these headlines. So just basically lying. A rat. And it's like, yeah, I, a rat for real. It's just like a character assassination on both of them to serve the purpose, I guess, of everyone yeah, who needs to hate them and just continue yeah. to like, worship the monarchy and i was talking to michael and i was like i don't understand why people it's either like they think you have to bow down directly and take everything with no question or destroy the monarchy i'm like there's an in-between like it's not zero or a hundred there's gray area there's middle ground like if they don't want to like it's also not as big a deal because harry's not the firstborn like he's not the heir apparent right like that's william william is falling in line william is taking all of his orders without questioning he's being his good little like trapped robot life which is his business that's like his right to do that if he's happy and his wife is happy and his children are happy that was not the case here so they made a decision for that to solve the problem because they couldn't solve the problem from within so when you have it's just hard because when you have to make a choice to do what's right for your family and it's either your family or your family. It's like, I mean, I can't imagine like that has to be a very, very difficult decision to make. But it's also your family or your family, but the whole world is watching. Yeah, there was there was an interesting point in that conversation because Megan and this this is kind of going back to the precursor of like she kept using the word protection and security. Mm -hmm. So there was this interesting kind of like invisible hand thing happening because she said at one point that the firm was powerful enough that the, the, the Royal family company was powerful enough to where if they reached out to the tabloids, they could shut down some of these stories, but they didn't. So if they're allowing the tabloids and the news to perpetuate these stories, then what really good am I getting from falling in line or yeah. what protection or security am I getting? If, the thing that I need, they're not giving me. They're yes. actively doing. And she, Megan even said multiple times, this character assassination. Yeah. And it's just like, what's, it's not a give and take because it's just taking. Like you're not, it's, it's just a take and take. Like you just take and then also take some more. And it's just, it's, it's insane to think about that, that transition. And, and it's also like they have the power to shut down these stories or, you can just even come out and say, hey, that's not what happened. Just to make a statement. There's been a misunderstanding. This is the reality. But they wouldn't do that either. So it's like what like, but they'll do it for other members of the family and not even members who are like as front facing, if you will, as like Harry and, and William, like even like the cousins. And I'm sure over in the UK, like it's more common names, but like worldwide, it's not really as common knowledge, like the third cousin twice removed. But, you know, they're in the line somehow. So they're still like statist within the family. And, you know, they're getting this protection. But these Harry and Meghan aren't getting it. And this, this you know, they're pregnant. They're, they got a baby to think about. The baby is also not being guaranteed it. But also like you're basically like vaguely threatening the baby before it's even born. Not like violently, but basically being like, we're not going to like it. 
Yeah. Because it's, it might be brown. So we don't, we're not into that. If I had a nickel. Like, yeah. And Harry makes <laughs> a, a good point too. That's like, um, you know, so many members of the parliament were constantly coming out again and making statements about how unfair the press was treating Megan. And, and he was like, and no one in my family ever made a statement. But like 72 of the members of parliament did, but no one in my family said anything to stand up for me. So did you, did either of you watch any of the Lifetime original movies about <laughs> Megan and Harry at all? No. 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 I watched the KFC so, one. <laughs> was that a, real? I really couldn't yeah, tell. I thought it was, it was a joke. Wait, I mean, a it, Lifetime it original movie about KFC? Yeah, it was called The Secret Recipe, right? Mario Lopez plays Colonel Sanders. You shut up. No, this is not a real thing. I swear. Yeah, I saw the trailer and I was like, this has to be a joke. Like, this is an ad for something. And then it was real. I, I mean, was like, it is an ad for something. But, okay. <laughs> <an ad> for <laughs> but it's like a real, like, 30 yeah, minute. They made it. It's short. Yeah, it's, it's made. <laughs> okay. Well, the reason I ask that, which, by the way, Gabe, that's on my list of movies that I need to watch now. So thank there you. You. Go. you watch Tangled. You can watch whatever you want now. <laughs> um, so they had a number of Lifetime original movies about Megan and Harry. And of course, Jessica forced me to watch all of them. And it's funny because in every movie, there's this adaptation of Megan and Harry on this trip to Africa. And Harry is like out in the Serengeti and he goes outside for something and a lion walks up and he's like, mom, I think you're a lion. And then the lion like roars and walks away. Or some shit. So he thought it was Diana? Yeah, he thought it was his his mom. Uh, and I wanted Oprah to ask the tough question <laughs> in regards to that. Like, did, did you really think that uh, your mom was a lion in that scene? That's what I, that's what I really wanted to, to hear. Thank I you did, for sending that to me. You're welcome. I did think that Oprah did a, a really good job as an interviewer because she, like, asked questions and she pushed a little bit but she was also respectful when they were like we're not gonna say because i will say truly they like really didn't throw specific people under the bus like they really could have been like this is the person who asked about my child's skin tone this is the person who told me that it would look bad if i got mental health help this is the person who refused to give us security to keep us safe but they don't do that they say the institution they say the firm whatever and they're they're very respectful of the royal family and of privacy and like they're not trying to be vindictive because if they if they were they could have been like they could have absolutely thrown names thrown specific instances thrown more details about these conversations because the conversations even are, are touched on lightly but not a lot of detail just kind of like these are just trying to try and paint a full picture for people to understand the reality of the behind the scenes of it without saying like well, and then Susan came up and she said that she hates me because I'm ugly. Like there's still, I thought there was still an air of like respect to it all. And Harry said like when they decided that whatever they decided with them not coming back into working for the, the throne at all or whatever. And Oprah was like, does that decision hurt you? And Harry said, it does hurt me, but I have the utmost respect for that decision because it was made by my grandmother and I will always respect the decision she's made. She is and always has been my commander in chief. And I think that's, yeah, that's an interesting mindset. And I don't think, again, it's just, I don't think that's something we could really understand because we don't really have anything like that. Like we have celebrities, obviously they don't have that kind of power. We have a president, but that president doesn't sit in the white house the length of time that the monarchy has existed which is like just so long another another interesting point that harry brought up that to me seems like the achilles heel of the entire thing is they were talking about the commonwealth and how they would do these tours and going to places like africa going to places within canada where you have a population of black men and women. And Megan talked about how they, they just would light up when they saw that this is, this is someone representation, right? The, the being able to see yourself represented. And Harry said they, if anything, 
they had an incredible PR opportunity placed on a silver platter and they they it, they threw it away. Yeah. Like if if anything, if they only liked Megan for that opportunity to connect with more people and show the modernization of the monarchy, they threw that away. And I think that to me that was the most interesting thing because you you can tell the way that Harry so so deeply cares about Megan. Yeah. So so deeply wants to protect and love their children. Like that is that is what I hope to be someday. That's what I hope to be able to replicate. I think I do. I think I'm close. I don't know. But um but no, it, it's a really good point. I I just don't understand how no one in in the the firm was like, "Hey guys, um it's 2020." <laughs> We should we should do something with Megan. Like we should maybe treat her nice. <laughs> well, here's Racist, my thing. Right? This is right. Yeah, exactly. This is truly like no one said anything. This is kind of just my in what I'm inferring based on this, and also based on everything that happened with Diana. Right? Diana was like the people's princess, and people really loved her. People found her relatable. The palace and the institution had issues with her. Because I think my personal opinion is I think she was too relatable. Like I think the palace wants this air of like, we're the monarchy and we want you to feel like we're approachable and relatable, but we still also want there to be like this like step above. So they, they want it both ways. I think they want it. They want it to seem like, Oh, we're just like you. We understand you. Please don't, but don't touch uprise me. and, and <laughs> guillotine all our guillotine all our heads off. But also, please recognize that we're significantly better than you and you will never be anywhere near us. And when you have people like Megan and people like Diana who are so wonderful at their job and so personable and like really relatable and they genuinely, they want to connect with these people. It's not just an act. They want that connection and they want to inspire people. Then I think maybe the firm, the institution get a little, like they get a little nervous, right? They're shaking in their boots. They're like, it's getting too close to like, a line of equality that we don't want the people below us to feel regardless of like wherever they may be in like if they're really wealthy they're still not rich or still not royal we like they can feel like close but they still need to know their place and I feel I mean that's again that's just my opinion but that's really kind of the feeling that I got from all of that and then also just like from what I know about Diana and like her work with with people and kind of just constantly going out and being in the public eye and stuff. And I think to me, that's kind of where a lot of that seems like it might stem from. Yeah. I, I could totally see that. It's uh, but I think it's, it's interesting because that's just politics, right? Um, because you have, even in America, you've got these incredibly well-off politicians that every four years or every election cycle, it's like, Look at me, my like you know, and I got I, on a hard hat. Yeah, or like you know, I so obviously, uh, I I know that me uh, speaking personally, I'm a staunch Democrat, but it's funny because like Amy Klobuchar talked about how her dad was a school teacher, and like Joe Biden talked about his family were coal miners or like some bullshit, right? So it's like, but you're millionaires, like yes. you both. You both have more money than the three of us will ever see combined in our lives. And I'm just like, just own that. Like, stop trying to be relatable. We don't yeah. think, I don't, I'm never, I'm never going to be like, you know who I relate to? The president. No, just be like, I'm a millionaire, <laughs> but this is how I want to be a millionaire versus this millionaire over here. Like, that's yeah. more respectable to me. Like, I can grab a beer with him. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it is interesting. It's an interesting dichotomy to think about how uh, politics has you know stood that test of time and also the fact that they they have these people like the purpose of the monarchy that do, does nothing except for it's a no PR purpose. Stunt. like they right. have no power they like, they have the they have humanitarian efforts that they that they do but like they're that you they can't go and give you a ticket like they saw you stealing they're not going to go they're not going to arrest you and they, they can't, can't make laws like they have their they exist out of like tradition and like pomp and circumstance. And like, they basically own the country, but that's it. 
weird. Yeah, it is really weird. I'm, I really, I, I really want to like learn all because Michael and I were trying to talk about it and like, we both just kept saying things and then looking it up and being like, Oh no, wait, that's wrong. <laughs> that's rewatch down, Abby. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I really do want to get into it. more specifically. I really want to do like a deep dive on Diana and like really learn a lot. Cause I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by that. And after this, I, cause I used to really be like, Oh, the queen had Diana killed. And now I really just think it was the firm, not the queen. Maybe the queen kind of knew what they were thinking about doing, but I don't think she like issued the order, but I definitely think the firm was involved. I think it was John Mulaney. (laughs) It was probably something along the lines of the firm going, Hey queen, we're not going to tell you what we're going to do, but we're not going to kill Diana, right? They were like, don't worry, we'll take care of it. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Agatha wink. Yeah. <laughs> it was Agatha all along. She killed Diana. She said something about about not white babies to Harry and Meghan. Yeah, she I also think that Charles, power. who is the dad, is really being shitty like i think he could have potentially be, been one of the people they didn't name because i i again this is a lot of me inferring things based on the information that i have i think he's bitter because the queen is 93 and he has yet to be king and when the queen does die it'll probably just go to william i don't really know the logistics of it maybe he'll get it for like a day but it's pretty it looks pretty clear to me that it's going to be william and kate so I I feel like Charles is like, well, I'm really old and bitter. Yeah, I'm looking and at how you killed Charles my is. first wife, who I was mad at, and she was maybe having an affair. And it's I'm just gonna really just destroy everyone else's lives. Also, this is completely. I just remembered that I read this. A lot of people were saying that Prince Andrew, who I forget where he is in the line, but he's like pretty high up, right? He was like. BFF with Jeffrey Epstein. Not like, oh, they were seen at some functions together, like together all the time on the island all the time. There has been no investigation into him. And when a lot of that was coming out was when a lot of things started, like tabloid hits started coming at Megan. So there's a theory ah. that the the institution was like, how can we distract this? Well, we already kind of have this established issue, quote unquote, with Megan. So we'll just lean into that and feed that as much as we can to kind of get get the 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 pressure off of Andrew, yeah, I guess. Spotlight off of him. Yeah. yeah. And distract. So there's a theory that, that that played a part in it. And I'm not saying that's solely responsible because like clearly these people suck anyways. But like I do think that could very easily be believable. Cause like they're not here in America where that trial would be going on. So they can't necessarily just like go and investigate him. So it would have to be like the UK government investigating him. And obviously they're not going to do that because like he is in charge of the government. Just one person's opinion, but that looks a little worse than somebody getting mental health. health. I agree. <laughs> but they're but see, like, Gabe. you know what we can do is just tell a bunch of lies and no one will notice. <laughs> Yeah. Also, the problem with your logic, Gabe, is that you're thinking like a sane, rational person. Mm-hmm. Thinking like a brown person. <laughs> ah, yes. With with health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> also, I said health issues. I meant to say mental health issues. I'm an idiot. Um, so, okay. What? It's hard to it's hard to think about what comes next, right? Because no one knows what the future holds. Do you guys think with with keeping all of the interviews in mind, this interview specifically in mind, do we think that they ever do go back into the family if they were issued some sort of apology or at this point have the bridges all been burned too badly and, and they're not going back? What, where, where's our heads at? Just from the I didn't watch it, but from the little <laughs> things I know or like have seen, it feels like they would welcome that. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I feel like it, if it did happen, it would happen under William and Kate, not under... Like, I don't think a yeah. current monarch is going to try and go back on their own, especially, like, so fresh, like, as it just happened. It's just weird. I think there's a lot of other things that maybe we don't really know about the way that, like, it's set up over there. Like, I I think it's really weird that, like, a lot of the taxpayers' money still goes to the royal family, which to me is very, very odd. But, again, I don't understand how, like the economy is set up. And so I, I want to like learn more about that before I really get into it. But I think 
the the palace has made a statement of like well they're not going to come back full time and i don't think they want to i think a lot of things would even if the palace like issued an apology i think so much would have to change and there would just have to be so much guaranteed like for them um to be different for them to consider going back but i would love to to feel i mean obviously it's like doesn't really affect me but i would i would love to see and and feel like those relationships of the family were repaired you know it's like harry and william are brothers they grew up together they've they've been through you know some pretty terrible things together losing their mom so young and even though they're clearly choosing like very different paths for their lives i you know you still want them to be like a happy family but you know if that's toxic and unhealthy for someone then you know you don't want it just because oh it looks good like i i just want genuinely all of them to like be happy and healthy and in a good place mentally and physically so it would be great if they could at least like feel like they are reconciled and they don't have to like constantly be worried about any kind of backlash or you know whatever else the palace can just drop on a dime on you I think if if I'm if I'm talking and I'm I'm talking in bold sweeping predictions by the end maybe not our lifetime but in our children's lifetimes I would be shocked if the monarchy still existed. I don't know. Because, it's really old. <laughs> right. Well, well here's not going anywhere. And and, and here, but I I get the part of tradition and I get the part of um you know the the not the peacekeeping thing but the, the the presentation and like the oh look at us we're the UK we're we're the we're the original the original global superpower right um and i think that there's something to be said about that kind of tradition however when you think of the the prevalence of social media and the ability for someone within the family to kind of go that free Britney route where she's just posting Instagram directly to people. Um, you lose maybe the, the, the business side of it, the institution, the firm side of things to where maybe they do just become public figures and they are just public servants. Um, but the thought that one family and one descendancy is in that kind of power and public eye uh, I just, I can't see, and maybe, maybe I'm thinking of America and all the changes that we've seen in 2020 alone with the Black Lives Matter movement and police reform and old statues getting taken down for racist overtones. Like, I think of so many things that have happened in one year alone that in our lifetimes or our children's lifetimes, the thought of a monarchy being dismantled or, or just kind of fizzling out, it, it, to me, that seems possible. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. If but, they were an absolute monarch and the monarchy actually still had power, I feel like that would be more reasonable. But at this point, it's like they're really, truly just figureheads. And it's just like there's too many of them. It's planned too well. The number of people that would have to just like stop existing because like, oh, so many people died. There's still someone planned. Like the number of actual like lineage people that would have to just not exist. Like I, I don't think anyone's just going to elect to not have it anymore. They have, they're just sitting on so much money. They're making so much money just by like sitting there and like owning the country. Like it's, I just can't really figure out a way that would happen because I don't foresee parliament like issuing any kind of like legal action to make it happen. And they, the, the monarchy in power was abolished. And I, I looked it up. I think it was like 1688 was the last monarch with full rights of like traditional monarch ruler rights. Cause parliament came in like 1215 or something. And then by the end of the 1600s, it had kind of become what it is more like today. And then at the beginning of the seven, 1800s was when the people started having voting power. So it's like, they don't have like power that can be taken away because the power they have is so, like it's not it's real but it's it's just like more conceptual it's not like a legal power where here you know the way our government's set up to be checks and balances it's not something like that that can be removed it's just it's just so it's such a concept and it's just been there so long and we as a country are so baby <laughs> it's like hard to fathom this country that has existed for so long and like really they have seen a lot of change in a lot of ways but this is like one thing that I 
I think they they pride themselves on and they really want to hold on to it. And while there are things that should probably be changed about it, I I don't necessarily think it'll just go away unless Maybe. it's burnt to the ground. I don't think it's going to go away. If it is gone, it's because someone is going to like Marie Antoinette it. It's not just going <laughs> to go away on its own. Well, that's my bold. That's my bold <laughs> lifelong prediction. Well, we can talk um, about it in the afterlife. Well, we can pull it up on the big screen and watch it happen. <laughs> yeah, when that Doctor Strange shows up and <laughs> he's British. <laughs> uh, also, so real quick, also, I, I love the thought of us all in heaven and Podcasting. Jesus being Jesus <laughs> Jesus being a guest on our podcast, um, and like we that's also have. Heaven. We also have Zencaster in heaven, so like we send down an email yeah, link we're to not in Satan. The same room still. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's all of us, and then we we get Satan on the phone. We're like, oh, hey guys, it's Satan. Uh, this and guy. I just, yeah, I imagine Satan having Jason uh, Sudeikis's voice. I don't know why, um, but anyways. So I also looked it up, Kelky. Guess uh, what falls on a Thursday this year? My birthday. Princess Diana's birthday. So everyone, mark your calendars. Kelki is going to school us on Princess Diana and theories. And that will be our July 1st, 2021 episode. Conspiracy theory. The day she died, because it's very near to my birthday. It's August 31st, right? Was it 31st or 13th? Yeah, in like 1997. Yeah, I I looked that up too. August 31st. Look at that. I'm incredible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um anyways any final thoughts guys i think uh, i think that was a good that was a good topic that was a good talk good talk about stuff it's things that are important a good interview to watch even if you don't know a lot about the royal family it's like worth checking out and just go into it with an open mind because again we've seen a lot of headlines um both here and from the uk that have painted a certain picture and maybe that's not the reality so just go into it with an open mind and and really listen to what's being said. I will. Good. <laughs> Gabe, any final thoughts at the end of our 101st episode? Mm, so many Dalmatians. Woot. So many episodes. <laughs> so many Dalmatians. <laughs> I oh. am. I think it's nice that we don't have a Cruella DeVille of this podcast. That's true. Not yet. I'm she's the crying. worst Disney villain. Like, I truly believe yeah, she's, she's the most evil. I don't know. Because who kills puppies? Yeah. Come on. And not just there's, kills puppies. There is nothing more evil than that, and my mind cannot be changed. People yeah. are always like, oh, Maleficent's the most evil. No, not even she close. She doesn't kill puppies. At least there's a little bit of motive. Yes. Her motive yeah. is only just want to kill them, to wear them, like Fashion. a sociopath. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. how this movie is going to work, but we can get into it yeah. another time. Next, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> awesome. All right, Gabe, go ahead and sign us out. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you for being part of this 101 journey. Like, comment, subscribe at Chaotically Kelky, at Jim Little Gabe, at Carmen.Gabriel.Official. Don't be a Karen. Don't be a Kyle. And as always, if you got a dream, Go and go. chase it. Go oh, find that your was prince. So beautiful. Go find your prince. Go and chase it. Go chase your dreams. Don't be Don't racist. kill puppies. Don't be racist. Yeah, that's a good. You know what? Throwback. Don't be racist. <laughs> it's been a while we'll since we've reminded. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next one.